like this one I'm really excited about. <laughs> We're talking about empowered. Yeah. God's way is not a matter of mere talk, but it's about power. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. help us understand that. Well, that 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 you just quoted there, um, it's an empowered life, it says, doesn't it? And uh, I want to read actually directly from what we've, we've got out there in the wild because I just think it really helps bring it together. So we are empowered to live in that freedom by the Holy Spirit. He empowers us to find our identity in Christ. He lives within us, keeps us company, teaches us, strengthens us and enables us to grow. And we know that we're accepted and loved by God. I mean, that just sums it up so wonderfully that as we as we are empowered by the Spirit, it gives us a sense of freedom. And that as we know what God is saying to us, as, he know, as we know His will and where He wants us to go, and wants us to do through listening and being kind of obedient to His Spirit, actually that doesn't entrap us, but gives us freedom to be all that we can be in Him because we are empowered <laughs> by the Holy Spirit. I love this fact that uh, the Holy Spirit is actually a representative, if you like, of another world. Yeah. That we were made to uh, to be in fellowship with God. That our life was intended to be lived both in the natural and in the supernatural. Uh, but somehow we've settled for something less. Yeah. But coming into Christ, He's now given us this yeah. amazing gift, yeah. His Holy Spirit, yeah. who lives within us, yeah. who empowers us, who connects the whole of God's creation, the visible and the invisible and enables us to live in both, which yeah. is amazing, you know, stunning. It, 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 I'm just thinking now, you know, it, it takes you right back to the garden, you know, yes, as, as yes, God yes. walked yeah. in the cool of the day, yeah. you know, and let's, let's just for a moment just put to one side what came next, but the fact is Adam and Eve had this close, personal, wonderful relationship with yeah. their Father God, and that as we now have the Holy Spirit living within us, we, we have that, we now have, that same connection to our Father. No, no longer are we separate or, or separated by any kind of chasm of sin and things like that. Actually, because, because of what Christ did for us sure. and because then He sent His Holy Spirit to us, so we have that connection. The, the Spirit in us is that constant source of our fellowship, our yeah. connection yeah. with God. But there's, an, there's another dimension, isn't there, where Jesus talks about uh, to the early disciples, and he said, "Wait, yeah, until the Holy Spirit has come upon you." Yeah, he's already said he'll be in you, but he said he'll come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. Yeah, unpack that for us, would you? Yeah, okay. Well, so, um, I mean, at Freedom Church, we very much believe in, in in prophecy, in hearing directly from God, in terms of somebody uh, uh, communicating to us what God desires, what God's after. But it's it's much more than that. It's about you know prophecy is I think it's core is about it's it's encouragement. It's it should be building you up. Yeah, it yeah. should be lifting you up. Uh, and so therefore, if we if we have that dimension of prophetic input into our lives where we're, we're lifted up and we are encouraged, then how, how are others going to perceive us then as they see these incredibly encouraged people, empowered people, strengthened people, positive people? 
You know, what, what is that going to say to the average Joe on the street as he kind of just, you know, comes up to you and talks with you? Listen, I love this picture. There, there is that picture in the Bible, isn't there, of the, the river of God, which is a picture of the Holy Spirit yeah. flowing out from beneath yeah. the throne of God out yeah. into the world. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're describing. Yeah. That there's somehow this life of the Spirit can't be contained yeah. with any, within any kind of church environment. It's got to spill out. And here we come back to saying yeah. 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 And the whole thing of the... Um, this... <clears throat> the... The gifts of the Holy Spirit, you mentioned one of them, prophecy, yeah. this ability yeah. to be able to see into the realm of see the things yeah. of God and give an account for them. Um, but also a dimension of, of miracles, of wisdom, of discernment, of faith, of knowledge, you know, heavenly knowledge, wisdom yeah. and insight yeah. that comes from yeah. the realm of God, this realm of the unseen into the realm of the seen. So many ways in which that can be applied out into our mission. Yeah into the world absolutely isn't it? absolutely and you know i think sometimes um well let me let me give you uh, just a, a personal story uh, we talk about kind of gifts of the spirit and one of those at freedom church we you know we believe we've got the gift of tongues that that we can speak a heavenly language to our father i remember early back in my early christian walk um kind of really pushing against that because it seemed a bit weird yeah, and a bit it's, mind, it's yeah. illogical it makes no sense to the rational in quotes rational mind um, but I remember walking back from from I'd been out and I was walking back to somebody's house and I was tumbling through these things God you know what what is this kind of speaking in tongues business well and I just I just felt him say well just try it just see what happens when you just let that logical part of your mind go and you let faith really begin to work within you. Uh, and so I did and, and I began to pray and I, I found myself then just pray as I was walking, you know, in the dark, probably might have been raining, you know, and, but I just started speaking in tongues and, and, and just praying this heavenly language back to my father. And, 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 as I, and that was the moment, but, you know, I consequently did that in, in the days and the weeks after that. And as I did that, I found God just beginning to switch things on in my mind. Uh, biblical things that I didn't understand previously. I suddenly thought, well, I kind of get it now. I understand it now. And ultimately, the upshot of that is that, you know, unless we have that kind of inhabitation of the Holy Spirit within us and that, that communication to God kind of from outside of ourselves as well, um, we might find things difficult to understand biblically, to understand things of God. But just by exercising that one gift of speaking in the heavenly language, speaking it back to God, things just start switching on yeah. inside your mind. And Somebody you... once described that to me like this. It's like a clear river, yeah. a spring of water that's coming from God. It's traveling through my own spirit. Yeah. It's cleansing a whole load of stuff yeah. on the way yeah. through and depositing the things of God in my own heart as it comes. Yeah, it's a yeah. yeah, because Paul says, doesn't he, the evangelist, the apostle Paul, he says, if a man speaks in tongues, his heavenly language, he builds himself up. Yeah. He strengthens himself. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what happened to me. So, a woman went to the doctors and she was seen by one of the newest doctors. But after about four minutes in this examination room, she burst out of the door screaming as she ran down the hall. And an older doctor stopped her and asked her what the problem was. And so she told him what had happened. And after listening, he told her to go relax in another room. 
The older doctor marched down the hallway to the room where the first doctor was and sternly demanded, What's the matter with you? Mrs. Terry is 65 years old. She has four grown-up children, seven grandchildren, and you told her she was pregnant. The new doctor continued to write on his clipboard and without looking up asked, Does she still have hiccups? <laughs> like that, Mello. Does she... He shocked her, so she'd get rid of the hiccups. Thanks, Sarah. I'm glad you got that. That's good. The point of this story, the point of that little jokey story, uh, is that words are powerful. You know, words have caused nations to rise and fall. They've caused hearts to come together and, and marriages to collapse. They can bring the listener in close or they can draw the listener away. And in this last instance, actually, um, Paul, who John mentioned there, a church leader in the New Testament that we read about, has, has the unfortunate moment of having one of his listeners uh, fall asleep as he was preaching out of the third floor window. Uh, uh, it's good, it's good, it all lines well. Paul rushes out, uh, jumps on top of him, hugs him really hard, prays for him, and he comes back to life and carries on preaching for another uh, number of hours. So to know that that, that can happen to the great Apostle Paul um, gives me some hope. Now, in the media and in politics, we can find folks getting so wrapped up in the real meaning or, or, or even actually lack of meaning in the tiniest paragraph or phrase. Words turn into mantras, don't they? Like, let's pick some, the northern powerhouse. All right, the Northern Powers, the long-term economic plan. Who heard that on the news a number of times last year? Or even in the last few days, what's, what's cropped up in the last few days? Anybody been watching the news? The Panama Papers. That's another mantra, isn't it? And these things just start rolling off the tongue. So our media and our politicians kind of love these mantras, these things that we roll out. And guess what, folks? Even in the church... Even in the church, we've memorized these phrases which we roll out sometimes without even thinking about it. Can you think of any right now? God is good. I mean, it is true, but it is. It's a mantra, isn't it? God is good. Any more? He's a heart person. He's a heart person, yeah. Or, or, or doing life, journeying together. I feel like I want to ban journeying together from church because we always hear it so long. Or what about this one? A hedge of protection. A hedge of protection. These aren't untrue, but we just, we just roll them out sometimes and we, we can start to kind of forget what we really mean by it, can't we? Another thing, and this is the worst culprit that we can do as church, you're talking to somebody here about something that's, that's unfortunate or maybe sick, and you go, I'll pray about it. And then you don't. <gasps> you know, I'll pray about it. You know, so when you do say that, pray about it. Or even then, just, just pray there and then. That'd be, that'd be a, a dramatic, wouldn't it? I tell you what, I'll not go away and pray about it. I'll pray right now. That'd be good. Um, it's like the pastor who started each service with, uh, uh, the Lord be with you. And the people would respond, and also with you. But one Sunday morning, one Sunday morning, the PA system wasn't working. And so the first thing he said, well, there's something wrong with this microphone. And the people responded, and also with you. Now, in this video this morning, our conversation started off with a bit of scripture from 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20. And that's this, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in 
power. Now, let's just quickly look at some of the definitions uh, before we get into the heart of this message. So it's a word that's in there is from the Greek word logos, which is simply what it says. It's word. That's, that's what it is. You could expand it in the Greek to say things like a plea, an opinion, an expectation, word, speech, or something said. And it is also a technical kind of philosophical word, uh, but we won't go there this morning. We'll just stick with that simple kind of Greek translation uh, that has things like expectations, opinions, and something said. And that bit of scripture also has the word power, and power is from the Greek word, who knows it? Dynamis, which, from which we also get our word, English word, dynamite. dynamite. Woohoo, dynamite. Now, this This word, you can also expand this word to mean might, strength. But it also includes in the definition miraculous or supernatural power. So if we were to reword uh, verse 20 based on these definitions, we could also say this. Christianity is more than something said. It is something marked by miraculous power. By miraculous power. And you can see why the connection is coming from what happened earlier that we believe in the miraculous power of God, that he can break every chain. The message translation of the Bible, which is the version we do specifically mention in the video, puts it like this. God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It's an empowered life. It's an empowered life. Now, this word dynamis, then, is key, isn't it? And it shows up many, many times during the, uh, through the New Testament, we're, we're instructed, we are encouraged, admonished, and asked to walk a powerful and victorious life throughout Scripture, not just to speak the words. So where is the gap between the words that we speak and the life that we live? Just consider that for a moment. Where is the gap then between the words that we speak the actual life of believers that we live. We need to remind ourselves, I think, daily that as believers, and again, we've done it this morning, as believers and followers of Jesus, we can now live from a position of victory. Why don't you say position of victory? victory. All right, that's where you are coming from. As a believer, you are coming from a position of victory. When we sign up for this thing, called Christianity. It's not like joining the Boy Scouts. We, we, we become new creatures. And with that change, there are some things that then become available to us. We have more to offer than just nice, encouraging words. We have the power. We have a power that is available to those who are willing to search out the source. Isn't that good? So let's talk about this empowered life, this, this, this life of dunamis or, or supernatural power. And I've created for you five PowerPoints uh, that are available to all those who call themselves Christians. So the first is an inherent power, an inherent power. Now, according to one Greek dictionary, this is a power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. I'll repeat that again. There's a power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. And I'll explain what I mean by that by using scripture. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. 
I'll repeat that in case you don't believe it of yourself. The old has gone. The new has come. You are no longer operating as you always have. You are not, no longer operating as this world operates. I'm 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. When God comes into the house, something powerful happens. You receive a powerful enhancement. It's like when, excuse me, it's like when you have an app on your smartphone, all right? It's pretty good to begin with, isn't it? But then, but then comes the, the dot upgrade on that app. And suddenly, the power of your smartphone, what it can do, increases. What might have begun as a, as a simple text message service becomes something that can send pictures. And then it can send video. And now we can, we can video chat to someone on the other side of the world. And that's what God does for us. It doesn't turn us into a text messaging service, but it increases the power that's available now. His power gives us all an upgrade. Can we all say upgrade? Upgrade. That's what he's given you. But we can't tap into that new power unless we accept him as our Lord and Savior and that the Holy Spirit then dwells within us. Because what happens then? He completes you and me. So if we're going back to this tap this apps analogy that you can have on your smartphone, when we, when we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, all of a sudden we are, we are fully the thing that he expected us to be. We're no longer just a text messaging service. We can now video somebody else on the other side of the world, video chat somebody else on the other side of the world. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit dwells within us. That's why Paul from Scripture says that God is his sufficiency. Let me explain that. In one commentary, it says that it's all about, it says this about God's sufficiency for us. Listen carefully. The all-sufficiency of God is the essence of all Christian experience. It has been the support of the faithful in ages of the church. It gives strength to patience, solidity, solid, solidity to hope, constancy, uh, const, constancy to endurance, nerve and vitality to effort. It's all good. Number two, it's the power for performing miracles. Peter and John in an account in the Bible were, were at something that is called the beautiful gate. And there was a man there uh, disabled from birth. And through the name of Jesus, declaring the name of Jesus, Peter brought this man healing. And to the astonished crowds, Peter uh, said in Acts 3 verse 12, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? Sometimes when we pray, sometimes when we pray for healing, God answers. And we're surprised. It's weird, isn't it? Kind of, we read about all these amazing things in, in the Bible and we accept them as true and as real. Yet when it, sometimes in our lives, in our Christian walk, when we go to pray for somebody, we, we probably don't really have the faith as we're praying. But we can tap into that power. We can believe that. We can step up. We can go up another level. When we begin to understand we really do have this powerful thing inside us that's called the Holy Spirit, this dynamis power, this dynamite. 
You guys are dynamite. You're full of dynamite, ready to explode with the power of God. So the next time that you pray with somebody, pray with all the faith that you can muster. Because sometimes, you know, when people say, oh, well, they didn't get healed because they didn't have enough faith. Well, actually, the scripture says it's through the power of the person who's praying, through the faith of the person who's praying that brings healing. So let's really step up in all that we are. And when we lay hands on somebody, believe that you're going to see healing. And if you don't, just pray again. And if you don't, just pray again. And if you don't, leave it in God's hands. Because something will be happening. Something will be occurring. So the power for performing miracles. Zechariah 4, 4 verse 6 says, Not by might nor by power, but my spirit. By my spirit, says the Lord. And John 14, 12 to 14, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm, gonna, I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And there's another scripture where it says where two or three are gathered and they agree, he will do it as well. Let's just believe that God can move mountains. Okay, we just need to step up and step out. Supernatural, uh, miraculous, life-changing power has been granted to us. Are we using it or are we just talking about it? Are we using it or are we just talking about it? And again, because coming back to what happened this morning in worship, an example of us going, we're going beyond just talking about it, we're going we're gonna to now activate this power that is within us. Now here's number three. There, there's, there's, it's a bit more difficult to explain, but there's a moral power that is within that dynamis. There's a third power that we get. And in some Greek dictionaries, it's referred to as this, the moral power and excellence of soul. Isaiah 1 verse 18, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. Now, what does it mean then to eat from the best of the land? Well, this passage is talking about the life that we have when we choose to follow Jesus. Because Jesus shed his blood on the cross for us. So our sin which keeps us from God and just leads to more sin, more degrading social morals through his sacrifice, we can now live a sinless, blameless life because he took it all. And when Jesus bled, he bled into the land. He bled into the soil. We can now access and eat of that land through the blood shed by Jesus. He took all our sins, all our sickness, all our infirmities upon himself. And we can now live free, and sinless, and righteous because of him. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? We have access to a power that can bring us excellence of soul. Are you just walking in that power? Are you walking in that power, or are you just talking about it? Are there habits that you have in your life that you've said with an attitude lacking in hope, I will never be rid of. I will never be rid of, whatever it is. Let me just encourage you today to stop saying that. You might not see it straight away. You may not ever see it in your lifetime. But don't speak negatively of yourself. Don't declare negative things over you. Don't declare negative things over your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors. That's why I've started calling people pre-believers. Because I'm believing they're going to come to faith. 
They're not non-believers because that's, that's declaring they're going to never believe. They are pre-believers. They're going to come to faith. I believe that my family is going to come to faith. They're going to find Jesus in a real way, not just in a, 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 a kind of go to church once a year kind of way. They're going to come to faith. And I'm going to believe that for every single one of your friends and family as well. They're going to come to know him who is worthy. Because the attitude of, of, of lack that, we, that we can have, that lacking of hope when we say, I will never be rid of, that's, from, that's a lie from the pit of hell. This morning, you can be set free right here, right now. And whatever is holding you back, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the sending of his Holy Spirit to be with us, we can walk free of our history and we can walk tall, assured of our salvation. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you've been through, what kind of character you've been through, what kind of stuff you've messed with. When you receive Jesus, you are a new creation. The old life has gone. The new life can now be lived. Finally, number four, the power. Oh, so I've got five, haven't I? No, number four, second to last, the power to influence. Now, there was a little boy new to church, and he attended his first Sunday school class and to try and bond with him a little bit. The children's leader asked, Brian, what's your daddy's name? Well, daddy, he replied. Now, the children worker, they try again. Brian, what's what's your mommy's name? Mommy, he answered. (laughs) Well, suddenly the the leader realized exactly what what they could do to get the answer that they needed. Brian, what does your daddy call your mommy? And his face lit up, and with a grin and with a deep voice, he replied, Hey, babe. And another power that comes in our life from being a joint heir with Jesus Christ. When, when we take on the name Christian, which incidentally just really means little, Christ, little Jesus, little Christ. When we submit to our heavenly father, we come under his jurisdiction. And when we have someone like God in our corner. And that, that song was great because it talked about him being at the front, being at the top, behind and being at the side. We're, we're, we're pretty covered. It's not just in our corner, egging us on, ready with, with, with a cold towel and, and, and whatever else the boxers have to, to relieve themselves after they've been battered and bruised. He is there. There is literally a hedge of protection around us because of our salvation in Jesus. We then have the boldness and the confidence to step out and to influence those around us. Acts 4 verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. I'm going to repeat that. Salvation is found in no one else. So I guess maybe God's just prompted me just to encourage you with this. Look, live in peace with everyone as much as you can. Be tolerant of other people's beliefs and faith systems. But tolerance doesn't mean you accept. It just means you can tolerate them. And you tolerate it with grace and with a smile. But never ever, ever be convinced or let others convince you that there is any other way to God except through Jesus. That is the only way to God. That is the only way. Philippians 2, 19, 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, that's Jesus, and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Folks, there is power in the name of Jesus. What are we doing about it? Number five, this is the last one. Power in numbers. One last power that comes as believers 
is simply strength in numbers. Galatians 6 verse 2, carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. Wow. Ecclesians 4.12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. There is strength in numbers. There is a reason why God put us all together as a church, and that is to help one another. It, it takes work to not only function, but also flourish as a church. But there is a power when we do when we do more than just talk about it. Loving one another. We actually demonstrate that love to one another through kindness and generosity. And it's not just financial generosity, but actually more important than that, the generosity of our time. When we love one another, forgiving one another. And what I mean by this is heartfelt, deep down forgiveness. Choosing to think the best of people. And realizing that those around us don't set out to hurt us. I want to repeat that because that's important. That that those who we call Christian brothers and sisters believe the best of them. And they don't set out to hurt you. And if hurt happens, if hurt occurs, then genuinely forgive. You know, forgive and let it be deep and let it be heartfelt. Meet each other's needs. If we see a need, we step in. We don't just pray about it, but where possible, we move mountains to see what we can do or what we can put in place. And that can be so many small, tiny things that add up to something wonderful and amazing. So let me give you a really small example. Just yesterday, I, 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 I needed fresh air. I've not been well. I needed fresh air, and the kids wanted to, wanted to get a bit of fresh air. So now we have a park at the bottom of the, of the street. We thought, well, let's go for a little five-minute stroll. It was way too late, and it was way too cold, um, but we did it anyway. Uh, and as we got to the park, and they started playing on this kind of training thing that they've got in the park, you swing your legs like that on it. It's a bit weird. Anyway, I saw this van pull up at my house, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to miss that delivery. It was like quarter to eight, folks. It was like I thought they would, they'd forgotten me and they were going to come the next day. What did I do? I thought, well, I've got Ben and Hannah living nearby. <laughs> ben, <laughs> can you please go get delivery from my house? I haven't got time to explain. Boom. Ben puts the phone down, gets his shoes on, bobs out the house. goes. You know, little things like that add up. That when people will, are prepared to do that for you, I, for me, that it counts for so, so much. You know, what can we do when we see a need? How can we fill it? What can we do? What can we set in place? What things can we, can we step out to help? Hey, Look after your gerbils. We're going to be looking after your gerbils. That's true. So remember, God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It's an empowered life. So let me just finish. Is your life empowered? In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. 
we gave the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.